everyone. Welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a Voces Centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiroz. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más. Today we're going to talk about words in Spanish that is commonly used in our communities um, that have long been normalized that have a lot of racist implications, anti-Black, anti-Indigenous implications, also that are founded on colorism, which is where people with darker skin are discriminated against. Um, and then finally, we'll end the episode by briefly discussing the new the new format of our podcast, um, which we haven't discussed yet with you. Just note that these words are some of the words that we have heard over the years. And some of them um, probably... Susie have heard, though Susie having heard some of the, I haven't heard um, till like today. And probably we're not covering all of them um, as, of course, we're learning some of the words that have been normalized and some of them that we finding out how negative and, and racial discriminatory are towards our indigenous and black communities. Also, some of the words we're not going to say, we're, we may refer to it to tell you like where the word like is used, um, but if they're actual slurs, we're not going to be using them. Um, but we will have more in-depth discussions of um, terms that are used in racist ways. So we'll start with the most common ones. Um, right now, like what I'm thinking about is there was a tweet recently from Earth Daughters. Um, which if you don't follow, you should. It's a page that's based on um, indigenous uh, women um, throughout the Americas. Um, and they have a good amount of Central American indigenous um, representation. Um, but what they also have an Afro-indigenous member who made a tweet talking about how um, in Spanish, you know, terms that are, you know, Indio India, Negro Negra are slurs and they shouldn't be used. Um, And actually how she personally and some people um, prefer to be called afrodescendiente. Um, and although there's like debate as to, you know, whether they want to be called like personas negras or afrodescendiente, it just seems that collectively, like, again, India, mm -hmm. Indio and negra, negro are used as slurs when we're using them against mm -hmm. black communities or against our indigenous communities. Yeah, uh, definitely. Just going uh, after that, the word Indio have normalized it to describe a person to describe uh, a group or to even describe beauty standards indio just to have like the background of it just remember that was a confusion of Cristóbal columbus when he got to the americas and because he thought that it was to the he arrived to india so in reality indio india does not describe any of her indigenous communities sometimes indio or india are to describe um a person when someone thinks that they're being stupid or they're being slow or they don't know something you know uh they're utilized as an insult to someone at the same thing that insult is coming because they think they're in indigenous you know as i mentioned it's 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 a term that many people think that refers to our indigenous community but in reality it's, it's it doesn't um as we have heard many times how women, you know, beautiful women of, you know, indigenous women, um, people usually describe them um, as que es India o se ve como India or, you know, Prieta and we can go so on. Even though if it's not used as an insult in this type of circumstances, is it used to describe someone 
based on a type of group that people are want to when people are calling someone india or india that they look like that they're thinking of someone with different characteristic of the european eurocentric uh, mm -hmm. type of look and when we talk about beauty and just to have a note like we shouldn't have those beauty standards thinking that someone look different just because of your color skin your hair your height or anything uh these are many times that we have heard it with susie throughout our life i have heard it back in honduras it is normalized so many especially i feel like if i can talk in, um, on behalf of um where i grew up which is in honduras that's where um i have heard it the most of uh, el indio de la montaña or uh, la india de allá we have competitions based off la, la india bonita on where we celebrate el indio lempira which is you know and lenca hero in in honduras mm -hmm. we use it as a competition but It's so normalized that to us, it doesn't seem that it's something bad. So we understand what the words mean towards our actual, you know, indigenous group. And also just, again, want to clarify, like, for people who may be listening for the first time or don't remember, like, when we say us, we're referring to non-indigenous, non-Black people. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it's normalized a lot within our circles, of course, because of our privilege and a lot of the racism that exists. Uh, but also going off also with Alejandra said, it's it's crazy normalized. I remember when within my own house, and it's a discussion we've had in my house where um, yes. La India Maria is a really popular mm -hmm. show. And literally it is based on the trope of, you know, of an indigenous woman who, you know, they want to laugh at. They like, oh, she like keeps on making mm -hmm. these mistakes. Like she doesn't know how to deal with being in society. It's like actually like a really disgusting concept. Like it's all mm -hmm. based Like, you know, looking at indigenous people as inferior, um, mm -hmm. you know, and like she has like her trenzas, like she pretty sure like she wears like traditional clothing, you know, but it's like that is the whole basis of the show. And that's the title of the show. And I think isn't there also like I think I've heard like even is Maria used as an insult or no? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like to refer to look as an indigenous woman. And so mm -hmm. um I grew, you know, I grew up watching that, and like my mom, like we taught, we're talking about it recently. She's like, like, what, like that's so bad, you know. And my mom was like, yeah, like that. We shouldn't have been watching that, but it's mm -hmm. just so, it's there, um, and so just, it, it's about time that, for example, like a show like that is no longer accepted. Like it's not, it shouldn't be okay. And it also reminds me of, I'm trying to find it not now, but the other day on like the theme of like and this also like can take us towards like colorist like um mm -hmm. that exist but um Yalitza yeah Yalitza uh, yes. yeah Yalitza Paricio who is like this indigenous um woman from Mexico like super famous she was in Roma mm -hmm. um she was recently called I don't know if like there's a specific instance but like people were calling her Prieta, Prieta. Uh, which uh -huh. refers to someone who's dark-skinned um as an insult and she responded with um me dicen prieta y piensan que es un insulto prieta color del barro de mis cazuelas y mis comales prieta como el chile está temado prieta como los frijoles prieta como el mole prieta como la obsidiana prieta como la tierra fértil bajo mis pies descalzos prieta como la noche prieta raso raza de bronce um and then she also like tweeted 
Así es. Soy Prieta, Prietita Linda y con la frente, la frente en alto. Les comparto este texto para aquellos que usan esta palabra de forma ofensiva. Um, so Prieta yeah. again, is referred to a dark-skinned person, but usually it's like used in a negative way. It's not supposed to be like, yeah. it, it's not supposed to be, you know, a compliment because as Alejandra said, because in our communities, there's this standard, you know, where there's like this understanding um, that being dark-skinned is a bad thing, where if someone mm -hmm. says, hey, you look dark-skinned, like you, mm -hmm. it should be something that's a, an offense. Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, continue after the word Prieta. Uh, many use Prieta, something that is not only used as to describe someone that is dark-skinned, but is used to describe something that is dirty. So that's why Prieta is, it's so many people use it in a many negative way. Um, I remember when she got nominated, nominated for the Oscars, how many people were saying how she doesn't, that she doesn't deserve to be, you know, a Mexican yeah. artist uh, as an Oscar because she looked this way because she is, she's Prieta because it's that in this, the same thing when we go back also, you know, like how people use these words as a beauty standard how to describe certain people and those people that are describing is from, you know, how an indigenous woman would look, you know, and those put, they put it as the lowest of the beauty of standards. Right. Um, it is, if, even though when she's, you know, acknowledging the word and putting the word as a different and a um, positive way, uh, many people will still use it in a negative, you know, um, wait, sorry. I think I mixed the words, but Okay, let me say it again. Okay. Uh, even even though when she um, wrote this tweet and expressed um, what the word word Prieta means to her in a very positive way, so many people will still use it to um, in a negative way. That's what she's saying. You know, you shouldn't be using this this word to discriminate and other people that they're happy to be indigenous they're they're like you know that's they love their skin they love how they look you shouldn't be putting someone under this ca categories just because they're different from you you know um mm -hmm. like i said you know it's 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 this term honestly it's a term that i have heard mostly from the mexican community but i cannot i cannot um say that it probably has been used throughout, you know, the continent to describe the same. Right. Um, well, there is, you know, like a related word, um, related words that, you know, like, again, place to like colorism, where which is um, discrimination based on like dark skin, dark skin. Um, mm -hmm. So also the words morena, moreno, negra, mm -hmm. negro. Um Again, going off on the fact that a lot of the times it's used as an insult. My like mm -hmm. again within my own family, like people say like, oh, like, like they say it, and I don't like necessarily really feel comfortable like saying it in Spanish. But like mm -hmm. the, the like, meaning behind what they're saying is mm -hmm. like, oh, you're acting in a bad way, which is associated mm -hmm. with dark skinned people or even black people. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, and this again, this is very normal. Like I heard it within my own house. Uh, yeah, something that I wanted to say about Morena, I personally, I even talked about uh, Susie before recording this. How um, I grew up thinking 
and you know mainly mainly feeling um and what you'll notice uh when we go over some other words uh about the bad connotation that the uh word negra have black and, and negra does not represent something bad you know it, but many people think and many people grew up thinking that is something that is related to something negative uh i personally uh, have used morena as uh, as a term to you know describe someone of you know dark color that I, i don't want to say the person's black the person is negra just because of the same thing that as i was growing up i thought that using the word black using the word um negra to describe someone um that is darker skin is bad you know that probably they will be offended and i don't want you know i don't want to offend nobody um i i told the story to to Susie how you know even to a co-worker i tried to describe the person and he even told me it's fine if you say black like it's it's nothing bad to say that person is black uh however many people use it oh that persona negra la persona you know the black person as a bad uh even i think it's is mainly how you say it too how like in the tone mm -hmm. that you're saying it um uh, i was gonna um say i last time i was in tiktok and i heard how this um girl probably i put it in the in the note because I, i i forgot her um her username how someone commented on her she's from honduras and she said uh, they told her that she wasn't negra que ella era morena and she described how she is um en las palabras que lo dijo uh, yo soy yo soy negra porque esa es mi raza pero tal vez yo no soy de piel tan oscura lo cual muchas personas pueden decir que soy morena so it's like it's i feel like it's the confusion of words of you know of when someone is black or someone is is morena and not only that is of course everything has to be with colorism and how you know probably because you're not dark skin or you know the darkest shade of black uh probably people think that you're not black you know or yeah. or you will not be called that um if if we go over the other words that we're gonna go over you'll understand how many other words describe darker skin black um people and how those still have a negative connotation towards you know not only their skin but to you know their race Right. Um, and I think Alejandro right now like touched on like two important discussions um that like I just want to add to um what was the first thing you said? Oh, about um calling black people like by what they are. Um mm -hmm. yeah, so like something they this exists in English as well, in English and Spanish where Um, there's been like a lot of things like where black people have noticed where people are scared scared to be like oh like the black man was do you know like like the black man was doing this or like el hombre negro está haciendo esto you know like people don't want to are scared to say like the racial component of it because there's this connotation of like oh like that's a negative thing it's like I don't want to insult them but it's like that's just reflective of like I guess, like, the internalized racism, you know, that, mm -hmm. like, the society struggled with, you know, like, the fact that, you know, uh, and it's something that, like, you know, I, like, have to check, like, I've checked myself on before where it's, like, oh, like, I mean, just say it, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, the black woman, you know, like, it's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. Um, 
but like there was like there's there was a second of oh like don't say that because it's and it's like no it's not it's literally like our objective thing it shouldn't mean something bad but it's reflective how you know how many negative connotations and how negatively loaded it's been it's become in both Mm -hmm. english and spanish and so for people who like are listening like don't you need to like i mean question that and like push through that you know like Mm -hmm. the black woman the you know like my black friend whatever me um do that one thing that i do want to oh i already discussed this right like um a lot of people like don't uh, in both english and spanish that is important to note for people who may not know um black people do not like to be referred as to like first of all like they would like the b to be capitalized um and there has to be like you know black has to be used as a descriptor rather than just the noun meaning mm-hmm. that you have to say like oh like the black woman black communities um black children rather than mm-hmm. just ending the sentence as referring to people as like blacks or black mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i've seen the same for in spanish where it's like oh like you know say las personas negras el hombre negro um etc cetera, etc cetera, rather than just referring to black like black people as like negros um because that's the meaning and like strips them of their humanity mm-hmm. um the second thing i did want to discuss was um talking about using uh morena as like descriptors um because i've seen like a lot on the social media you know where um, a lot of the times it's like with like when you know central american twitter is like fighting with mexican twitter um but a lot of the time it's like there's a lot of times like the mexicans that like are fighting tend to be white mm-hmm. mexicans yeah and a lot of the times there's someone who like calls themselves morena um when like clearly this person is white um mm-hmm. they are not dark-skinned like they they they're just straight-up white mexicans um and they called like their like twitter like handle or name it's like morena da-da-da-da-da, or mm-hmm. whatever um and it's just keeping in mind that like if you're morena means that you're dark-skinned um if you're not dark-skinned like do not call yourself that um mm-hmm especially on a public platform i like i'm still not sure when it comes to like a family situation you know where it's like because we know that these are like endearing terms within our family um and that's like how people have justified it being like oh my family calls me that and Mm -hmm. i'm not sure about that and like me and alejandro are very open to like feedback um and like this is something that like we should look into um but like in public like do not do that because it like again like it's cute when like a white you know a white person is called morena or like in Eng- this also carries out in english when they call themselves brown like that's cute you know mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. like you're trying to like i don't know like play to like you know being appealing because of that but like when an actual dark-skinned person is called morena or brown a lot of the times it's used in an insult you know um, yeah. so it's just also just putting that out there now we're gonna um, go over some words that we're not going to mention. Those, uh, there are three words. Um, both uh, two start with an N, and then one start with C H, um, which in Spanish is la che, 
and um we're gonna go over why we're not gonna mention them and how are they so discriminatory to our black communities yeah um, so i mean the n-word is like these are in english and i think there's been like enough discourse about it but like mm-hmm. um people died while like having that word said to them um mm-hmm. and like for me like that's like something like you know like if there was ever ever any question as to whether non-black people can say it or not like just thinking about the fact that like a lot of the times this was people's like last words they heard as they were being like violently murdered or tor- tortured mm-hmm. that should be enough of a reason um yeah and like to like non-black people listening because i've engaged with people saying like oh well if i can't say like i don't think black people should say it like if you're not black you don't know what black is being like you don't know Mm -hmm. what those words mean to a black person you Mm -hmm. can imagine you can try to imagine but you will never actually know or actually successfully imagine um and something that i've said to people is that like no offense but what you think about that word just doesn't matter you can't mm-hmm. say it it's not up to you to decide what people can do with it mm-hmm. um whether a black person wants to say it or not that's up to them and that you know mm-hmm. i respect their decision who cares um but as a non-black person you shouldn't say it um and yeah. i didn't know this last word alejandra like told me about it today the one that starts with the ch so alejandra mm-hmm. we can talk about it uh this was a word that i found out recently while doing the panama research um i found out that this word was said to and used as a descriptions for afro antillanos um in panama who migrated to the part of um the panama canal to work on it um and those um the reason behind it is because many panama uh panamanians thought the the migration of the Afro-Antillanos to Panama was only to build the uh, Panama Canal. After the Panama Canal, as we know, you know, many of those communities were, were, that was actually, you know, that's the only thing they knew and they stayed there as their home. So people used this word as, you know, but like, oh, those something, right? Um, it, it is the actual, I I googled the actual translation of that word because I have never heard it in my, you know, my entire life. If that word is actually the N word in English, so as a fact that it's not written, you know, as you know, as uh, you don't see it mm-hmm. as you know, as the N word, but it's you know, as a translation of it, and then people are using it, it's still prob- problematic, you know, because it's still referring to the same communities. Also, I uh, something that I was telling Susie about this Panamanian um, artist. Um, I'm, I'm 100%. A lot of people know about this Panamanian artist that when he, um, he was starting a reggaeton probably around the 2005, 2007, probably a little bit earlier than that. And when he tried to sell his... Um, his music here in the United States, he needed to change his name because his artist's name was the N-word. And um, I wanted to go start with this um, as an example, how, um, like I said, you know, probably in Panama, the N-word is not something, you know, bad, 
But of course, we understand that is something uh, bad to describe uh, a black person like that. And as many people who migrated here and many, you know, not only Mexican, many Central Americans, uh, uh, South Americans and all that. When people migrate here and they come into contact to with the U.S. Um, pop music, the rap music, um, people tend to use that word of like the N word as normal. And I feel like people don't understand how but like you cannot use it. You know, if a black person wants to use it, like like Susie said, it's on them. But you're not allowed to use it just because it's on your favorite song, just because it's in the media is because it's normalized. You cannot use it. And many people like like I said, you know, as one that I migrated here and that was the first time I heard that word. I have heard it throughout my school years, how it has been used to be like, oh, my friend or this and as Susie just to going back to what Susie said many people die you know because of this word and just because you many people you just think that it's a normal word to say and don't understand that background history and how racial discriminatory it is I feel like we should put attention of what what is actually coming out of our mouth you know what is what are we actually learning from it as you know, the first thing as a, an immigrant that we learn is actually the bad things. And if we learn the bad things because are the most common things said to us or the things that are around you, that word should not be in your vocabulary and you should understand the reason behind it. And you should you not be using it with your friend, with your home, with your family, with your mom, with your sister, with whatever. I just wanted to clarify that. Right. Um, and I think just like kind of, again, because there's a lot of slang that's used up brown. Um, I mean, in all of Latin America, we're talking about Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I do want to end like just on kind of like a reflection on like the power that language holds and what I'm about mm -hmm. to say is like both applicable in English and Spanish um, is kind of like when we use white as like um, a positive thing and mm -hmm. black as a negative thing and again like further reflecting you know that like you know maybe initial discomfort you may experience with like saying like you know oh that is a black person um mm -hmm. where this may like further enforce that so for example in english um there's things like blacklist black market mm -hmm. um a lot of other terms I can't like dark energy um, mm -hmm. and also place to like colorism um, to describe negative things, you know, negative, mm -hmm. illicit, dangerous. Um, well, like whiteness is like a lot of mm -hmm. times like, oh, it's like pure. It's good. It's mm -hmm. innocent, holy sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and like Alejandra, like showed me the terms in English and Spanish. Sorry, where like it's like the same thing that if you wanted like yeah. list them, Alejandra. Yeah. So it just going um, in Spanish, you can you can easily hear like negras intenciones, mercado negro, la mano negra, dinero negro, oveja negra, um, la ne energía negra, and they have the same intentions. You know, like the same the same negative description and 
La Mano Negra, I feel like that has been used mainly in the most popular um, sport that we usually watch, which is soccer, football, uh, you know, or el metió mano negra, you know, or tiene, or, you know, hubo mano negra, hubo mano, lo que sea, right? Uh, dinero negro, something, you know, that alguien, you know, se está lavando dinero. La oveja negra, you know, people say like, oh, no, esa es la oveja negra, la familia, describing yeah. stuff that is like crazy, partying all the time, drinking all the time, or whatever you want to say, you know, el mercado negro, where people buy things that are not, you know, are not available for the public, and, it, you know, they're illegal, and, you know, negras intenciones, como when you have bad intentions so all these negative things that people say is so normalized do not people don't think that it's related to colorism but it is in, in at the end is 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 discriminatory yeah. uh again like a lot of like the same exact terms that alejandra used like it are identical in english um but it, it is this pattern you know um and like i haven't like done research and like why exactly you know it is that way but like I mean, you know, is it really a coincidence um, that, that that's how it is, you know, and that it corresponds to like the way society also values race? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. also, even if it, you know, even if it is unrelated, like it definitely at this point, like further reinforces that, you know, where like, yeah. you know, clear lightness is good mm-hmm. and dark blackness is bad. Um Yeah. And so that's just um, a note that we wanted to leave to reflect on that, again, like the power that language holds, even if it's, you know, within mm-hmm. a family setting, we understand that. And if something that like I've noticed within myself growing up is that, you know, I'm like, you know, oh, you can't say this, you, it, mm-hmm. you know, within my daily life, which is mostly like in English when I'm outside of the house, you know, like, oh, this is bad. This is black and white. But there is a lot of hesitation I've seen like when it comes to like in Spanish, you know, like it's like, oh, yeah. like it's harmless, like it's okay, you know. I I felt that like I have felt, you know, like that hesitation of being like, oh, it doesn't matter as much in Spanish. Mm-hmm. But I realize it's because like I feel like um a lot of the times maybe it's just because these conversations aren't happening as much or haven't been happening as much, like, exactly. in, the, like in our communities, it's just a much more race like it's 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 a more racist society. So therefore, mm-hmm. this racism gets a pass, like, you know, in our like Spanish speaking world, like aka like our communities, our families, our Central American or Latin American friends, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. But why is it fine? Because it's more accepted, which means that there's, mm-hmm. you know, more racism happening there, more overt racism, yes. um, less of these conversations, less awareness. While like in English, you know, we like here in the u.s wherever you are you know it's like oh no i would never do that mm-hmm. um because it's not going to be tolerated and so just like it is difficult you know but like it like that difficulty is really nothing that difficulty is a privilege um exactly. that difficulty is la- kind of laughable it is laughable <laughs> compared like mm-hmm. again to the actual harm that like these words carry and like the historical yeah. trauma and just barbaric stuff that have been committed um so again we like, okay, yeah okay. um so, yeah so right now i just wanted to mention some words and and um not only explain 
the reason and how bad it is to use them but explain the definition in spanish and i'll try to translate it as, as to the best of my ability and um this you know um like i said you know there's some words that i have heard not only here where i live right now which is in, in the united states but back in my country um the word uh word tison um you know tison is used as a description of charcoal um people call it as a way of um is that or is it negro tison which like i said is is colorism is discriminatory and uh, racist is all all the above but it is so normalized in our community to say is a negro tison or tison or whatever you want to say people don't understand how bad tison means and how it affects some someone else right the other word that it's comparison to to tison is mayate. Um, I honestly don't know what's the actually translation of it. I just know that I have heard it many, many times when they want to describe a group of black um, um, of, of black people. You know, like I've been in los mayates, es, eh, los mayates acá, los mayates allá. Mainly, I have heard it here in the United States to you know people you know to describe i don't i don't know where does the or or where is the origin of the word but it's you know it's another way to you know use use as a discrimination um other two words that um that i wanted to say um was when people say pelo de tusa um mm. it's not tusa la canción is <laughs> uh you know Pelo de tusa, as many people know, is a way that people use it to say curly hair, which, you know, mainly, you know, or black communities hair. Um, people use that term to describe of messy or of like uncontrolled hair. You know, they use the term, you know, um, if to have a description what tusa means in my, you know, my definition, tusa is what um, the corn, when you see a corn, the little you know hair that you see mm -hmm. outside you know that is tusa for me so people tend to say like oh tenes pelo tusa oh, que tusa tenes ese pelo or you know and, and that type of description is just to describe someone with messy hair but it's mainly used to people with curly very very curly hair other um one that i want to you know out of all these words that i i honestly don't know any if there's any trans right translation you know of those words in, in english um, but one of the words that I've heard many, many times is when people work a lot and, you know, that mainly, you know, that's their routine of just working, going, work, coming home. Uh, people tend to say like, trabajas como negro, which is a relation of, you know, you work like a slave. And I mean, is it, how can I even explain how pro problematic this is? You know, it's so normalizing. You know, it's like I don't even, I don't even think I'm like even explaining how normalized this is. How, how can you, how can you even say that to a person, or how can you even think that is normal to say? You know, I, I feel like many people think that in in Latin America, probably because we don't learn about slavery in, in Latin America. That's one, what I think, because here in the United States, you know, that is, you know, in history and we, you know, non-Black people learn it. 
but in Latin America, we don't we don't we don't study and study that. And many people can tell me outside a lot of a listener, you guys know we don't study that. And just to use that word as a describe someone that works a lot is I mean, yeah, that's I, I'll I'll stop with that, Susie, because I don't even know how to even explain that. Thank you, Alejandra, for all of that. Again, like I I was born and raised in the US, so I didn't know much of this. And again, I feel like there are more terms there and slang out there that we probably don't know about. Um, you know, before we end this episode, we did want to just go over the new format of the podcast, um, which we have been working on for like maybe like a month and a half, two months at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before, like in middle of May, was it? I yeah. think we took mm-hmm. like a break, a little bit of a break um because i think we deserved it but also we wanted to reflect a little bit more and like okay like how do we feel about this podcast like how do we want to go on how's our engagement like are we getting the content out especially with like the amazing informative episodes we were having with people um so going forward we want to make our content a little bit more interactive easier to access for people for people who like don't necessarily like want to go to Spotify or Apple, um, but also just create more content from the information we're learning because we recognize that, you know, like, for example, we had like this fantastic episode that was like, I think it was over an hour long, right? Like on an environmentalism in Central America. Um, but if you didn't listen to that podcast, like you list, like you would miss out on like this I had like such dense information, but also really important information. Um, so also just figuring out how we can like transfer that to like social media posts to again make it easier to consume um and bring it more like to you. Um so our plan is going forward that the first Monday of every month we're going to have an Instagram live. Um it'll <laughs> most likely be, you know, an interview with a guest. Um, either I and Alejandra will be performing the interview, um, depending on like our availability and also our expertise. Um, so for example, if it's like about something that's happening in Central America, given that Alejandra was born and raised in Central America, she's going to be conducting that interview, um, and so forth. Then the second week we will not release anything. Um, instead what we want to do with that week is so that there's time to research to make content based on the episode and you know more effectively disperse the information that was shared in the episode for people who haven't had time to listen to the episode on the third week there's going to be an episode released on you know on spotify apple podcasts mm-hmm. um where most likely both me and alejandro will be there interviewing either one or two more guests um and then on the last week, there's nothing again to give like that. We're referring it to it as like the research week where we like basically want to give each other a week, uh, I guess, two weeks after um, mm-hmm. two weeks between each new release where we can, you know, um, make social like make social media content of what we mm-hmm. talked about and focus on it for two weeks rather than, you know, making um really informative episodes every week that's like really hard to catch up with and stay up to date with Mm -hmm. i think um and then in the off case where sometimes there are five mondays in a um 
in a month like for that last monday we'll probably have like something like we think we said like a live or an episode on yeah the fifth monday when there is a fifth monday so um and alejandra is there anything you want to add yeah i just want to you know describe it it's, this is a form for us just not to you know be able to process everything um as we have mentioned uh the episodes in the past has been very informative and as we know not everyone has a time to you know come and listen to us and we just think that a week is not enough for us to share and to um be able to inform everybody on you know what the guest had to be we had so many episodes that even us we had to research and we had to learn from you know other sources because we were so you know into the topic and we just want for you guys to have the same amount of you know research uh put into it and more interactive for you guys and of course most of the lives will be q a that way you have um that way you have more of a connection between our guests and and you guys don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list also follow us on instagram at centan voices podcast and on twitter at centan voices pod for more updates and don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode